0: Woo! Praise the Lord. That's good. Awesome. 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 All right. You guys, I, um, let me give a promo for a, a book study I'm doing this week, and then we'll dive into choosing sides. But um, we're going to talk about The Blessed Life for six weeks. It's a book by Robert Morris. I have the revised edition uh, complete with some questions, and so we're gonna, I'm going to promote it one more time today. And we're going to meet on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8, same time as youth. If you bring your youth on Wednesday, uh, we can meet in person here. Or if you don't have youth, you can still come and we can meet in person. But a lot of people have said, I can't be there in person, but I would like to join online. And so we have that. And some people say, I just can't, but I want to. And so we're going to record it. I have a plan for that. Don't make anybody nervous, but we are going to have a plan. And so if you're on the road or you're traveling and can't do that, uh, you can. And so today, use that QR code or message us on that uh, special number, and we'll be glad to talk about it. What, what I like about this is that it's full of testimonies. Where has Bob just said, praying, Lord, help me to give what you want me to give. That's a very fair prayer. Because otherwise, we could, I'm afraid we just get in a habit of giving that church tax one way or another, and I'm trying to wake us up from that a little bit, to just kind of ask, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because God does some amazing things through generosity that impact his kingdom, and he would love to use us in that process. But if we're not listening, or we're in such a routine that we miss it, and I'm just trying to encourage some listening ears. All right. We've been talking, guys, about choosing sides, and I, I want to tell you how this comes about. But choosing sides, uh, who's on your team, uh, we're going to talk today, uh, we've been talking about different aspects of choosing sides because choosing sides is, is how you build your life and you do that as, as a team. And this is birthed out of my reintroduction to fantasy football. Because I showed up to, for fantasy football and I was ill-equipped, but I can tell you that I'm the only undefeated team left, and it's on the line today against Phil. But we're gonna. But it got me thinking about because see, everybody came to fantasy football in, with the idea that they're going to choose some sides, they're going to pick in the the right people, they're going to stack the deck because they want to win. And, and I did the same thing. And then you see every week, too, that different, the different uh, managers, coaches that are managing these teams, they're, they're giving up some players. They're going to edit their lineup because there's some, some that need to go. Right, Luke? He's here somewhere. Sometimes you've got players that need to go. Sometimes you need to add some other players, and so that, that's the whole fun of the game. But for this purpose, though, it got me thinking about that. But yet, for when we choose sides with life, I mean, eternity hangs in the balance. It's very serious. It's it's winning or losing at life. When I was, um, you know, j- just looking over my own life and the teams that I've been a part of, it helped me to and. Through the filter of fantasy football, to just look at the successes and the failures that I've had in building my own team. You see, when, like marriage, for example, I've been married now for 41, 40 years, 40 years, don't jump the gun, 40 years, long time. And it's, that's worth celebrating continually because that's not easy. I'm not easy to live with. 40 years. It's a long time. But see, the success of marriage is not just about me. It's about two people doing life together. It's about a team of two that are key because we're working together. That's how you get 40 years. But then it's not just us. is that we have had mentors on our team. We have had great pastors on our team we've had we've been a part of small groups through the years where uh, people were impacting our lives because they were pouring into us mentoring us it was it's a success because of a team i can look at some things uh like this church you know i i preach on sunday But I pretty much don't do the other things. There are so many things that have to happen. And a lot of people came very early this morning to pray and to prepare and all those things. It's a great team of people. At Axis Church, there is a a team of staff and there's a team of elders that help me with everything. And so it's not just me. But in six years, this is a lot of people, guys. It's a lot of people. And the Lord is adding to our number every week. And it is because of a great team that's working together. I can also look at my life and know that there are times when I've been on the wrong team. And maybe I had no control over it because I was part of the team and someone else was making, calling the, making the decisions. But you recognize that and then as an individual on the team, you request a trade or you retire are you somehow in this because this is not going the way that you would want it to go? The Apostle Paul talks about that, and I, that's where I'm going to key on today in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And Let me read just a few verses. I'm going to begin in verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 6. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you, We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. Like, this kind of communication, this kind of heart expression, it should be two ways. Uh, Paul's pouring his out, I need you to reciprocate. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. Verse 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers... Do not be unequally yoked, other versions. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us Purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Father, I, I pray in the next few moments, few minutes, that God there would be a time set apart that we may hear your word, and beyond that, we would hear the application of it. God, many times we hear these verses, we've read these verses, but yet today I pray that you interrupt our routines, you interrupt uh, our lives and you allow us to see something fresh and new because you are the living God and you're present with us today and I pray you accomplish great things because you're here in Jesus name, amen, amen. Let me give you an, an image of what it is to be unequally yoked. This is the idea, God plowing the field here uh, and these these beasts are different sizes you got one bigger than the other they're also uh, one known to be a bit stubborn um, it, it is it is a different level it is the stronger is going to lead the weaker side not going to work as well going to be drug along perhaps but that's that's the imagery with being unequally yoked if you're a farmer if you've ever tilled land like this and I have uh, you, you know what this is like Uh, when you don't have things in sync and when you're building your own team, when you're choosing who's going to be on your team, this is a lot of times what it can look like. I want you to keep this image in mind because I'm hoping today as I walk you through some different steps that you will be able to actually evaluate your own life and consider those areas where you perhaps are uneven. You're unequally yoked. Let me give you some questions this morning. You got those five? Okay. Evaluating where you're at and who's on your team. Who, who's in your closest circle? If you're married, it's husband and wife. That's a close circle. You may have some beyond that, but that is your close circle. And, and, and consider for a moment, in light of being unequally yoked for a moment, because it takes two to make it to 40 years, I'll tell you that. Two working together. you got one that wants to make things work, you know, you got two imperfect people coming together, and you got one who wants to make things work and one who doesn't. You're unequally yoked. And you may evaluate this, this morning and think about, you know what, you may not be the strong part of the yoke. Who are you doing business with? That's a great question. Because sometimes we may look at that and evaluate our own business and realize for a moment that we are unequally yoked, that we've even compromised. in business and ministry and church even have had that opportunity where, you know what, maybe uh, some would suggest let's don't talk about That sin, because we're going to cause a financial uh, deficit if we do, because people don't want to hear about that, Pastor. That's conversations behind the scenes. It's conversations sometimes in your business. Who are you doing business with? Because it could be business leaders that you are compromising your witness and your faith for the sake of a, of a dollar or a queue. You put up with a lot and you think, well, I, I don't know that I could possibly sever or, or cut that, uh, that business relationship. And yet, perhaps that's exactly what you need to do. That you bring what you have, you bring what the Lord has given you and you lay it on an altar and say, God, you take this. I know that you can provide again and provide a new client or a new business partner, but it's worth evaluating because it's perhaps that you are unequally yoked in your business and it could be for the sake of profit. What is their character like? What kind of person are you dealing with? If you're in some kind of partnership, you're working with other people. I mean, sometimes when I've looked at the teams that I'm on, and I look back, and I, I've worked with some people that were not honest. I grew up in Kentucky. that They, they always taught me that if, if you say you're going to do something, then do it. A handshake was like a contract because your word meant everything. And yet you may be unequally yoked with some people who you know they don't tell the truth and they don't do what they say they're gonna do. And it reflects poorly on you. And you consider for a moment, am I unequally yoked? What is this person's character like? Are they honest? Are they, do they have integrity? Are they walking with Christ? Do they even want to walk, walk with Christ? What are they convicted by? Do you share the same convictions? Those things that, you know, it's not written, it's not law, it's not something I have to do, but it's the things that the Spirit of the Lord, because He's alive and because we mature in our faith, He convicts us and says, This, my son, is no longer for you. That's a conviction. Come on now. (laughs) Help me a little bit. What are their beliefs? Do they trust in Christ? Because some of you, uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the room, there's a lot of you who run a business, a lot of you who, who run a ministry. But what have you surrounded yourself with? Are you unequally yoked? What are their beliefs? I saw, uh, a, a, he's a pastor, Shane Pruitt, he said this this week that self-identified Christians are not always born-again Christians. Unfortunately, you can claim to be a Christian without without actually being one. Let me me say it again. Self-identified Christians are not always born-again Christians. Unfortunately, you can claim to be a Christian without actually being one. Guys, that's why I'm bringing this before you. Because only you know where you're unequally yoked where it's not going well and it's not going right. And so many of you here today, you control your environment. You control the direction of your business and of your ministry and of your family and of your personal life. And I'm asking you to evaluate openly and clearly. And thank you, translation team. They got this together for me just in time today because I want you to be able to to see this. And do this, and I'll share this later online, but you've got to be able to evaluate for yourself. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands, not easily broken. Meaning, don't be outnumbered. It's real simple. Guys, a lot of things are not that complicated in the kingdom. We make it complicated because we want to ignore things. We don't want to be three strands. <laughs> you like, some of you like to be by yourself. You like to be a lone ranger. Giddy up. You like to do your own thing. You like to be unaccountable. You don't want to be accountable to anybody. But wisdom would say... Three strands, not easily broken. Meaning there are some places as well that I need to go with two or three people. I don't need to go in there by myself. It's, it's not wise. It's not good. It's not good business. It's not good witness. Because I can get weak. Evaluate for a moment if your, your worst moments have not been perhaps when you were absolutely alone. You went in there big and bad. Oh, I'm going to witness to all my 12 friends that are going to the bar in Antigua. How did that go for you? Well, I tell you, I've been on some bad teams. I'm telling you, I I, I know. Sometimes that people do their worst. They do great all the other times, but they, man, they look forward to those conferences and conventions when they can get off alone and, and they, they, they save up their worst behavior for when they're traveling. And you want to go in that all by yourself. And you will evaluate for a moment, if you will, who are you doing business with? Who are, what is their character like? What is that the place? What is that corporation? What is that environment? What is that culture? And can you do something about it? Because you maybe don't have to work there. Or maybe prayer number one should be, God, give me a new opportunity where I can be a witness in the kingdom of God. I want something different. I want something new. I've always dreamed of of being an entrepreneur. God, would you give me the resources to do so, so that I don't have to put up with that. That's a prayer you can pray. Here's what happens. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Who are, who are you hanging out with? Who are you doing life with? What choices do you have in that? Proverbs 1320. Walk with the wise and become wise. It's a simple proverb. But if I'm, if I'm three sta- strands and I want to walk with some wise people and protect my integrity, protect my walk, and have some witnesses with me, that's what it is to walk wise. But if I want to walk with the fools, there's some proverbs about that too. Again, it's you. I can't evaluate your life and your business and all of your opportunities for you, but are you walking wise? Or are you being a fool? It is. Let me give you something by Pete Scazzaro. I've given you this before, but we're going to visit it again because we need to. We'll probably have to We might have to visit this quarterly. I don't know. (laughs) But get this, guys. Write this down. Take a picture. But it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Wow. Write that down, Mike Michael. That, that, that is key right there. That is it. That's Pete Scazzaro. retired pastor, but written a great, amazing book that I'll give you a link to in a moment. But this is so true, guys, you've got to get this because some of you think that you're spiritually mature. But you're an emotional wreck. And the truth might be that you're really not led by the Holy Spirit. Because let me push your button and see what happens. Your emotions take over. You're suddenly led to leave this church. You're suddenly led to move. You're suddenly led to leave, uh, leave a, a business. You're suddenly le- led to leave a friendship. And is it Holy Spirit led or is it your emotions? And maybe you come by it honest, you know, you grew up that way. That was what went on in your house, and that's, what, that's the way mom did it, and grandma did it, and dad, or, or your uncle Joe, and, 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 and so you come by it honest, but that's where you come into the kingdom, and, and Jesus says, yes, come just as you are, but let me tell you, he loves you too much to leave you that way. He doesn't want you to be immature, spiritually or emotionally. But we have Christians. Guys, I've seen it now. I've been been walking this path since 1982. Longer than I've been married. That's where I got confused on 40 and 41 years. But I've seen over and over again Christians who profess faith for 40, 50 years or more. But the truth is that they're emotionally immature. And you push their button and it is over. And that's how marriages get wrecked. That's how that's how families are destroyed. That's how churches are divided. And I'm try, I believe the Lord is calling us to so much more. But you've got to grasp this. Let me let me give you the book. It's on the QR code as well. I checked it. Come on now, we got the book. We got the book. All right, this book, uh, after I get done with um, the Generous Living book, we're going we're gonna to go into this one, because you, you, this has to happen. This has to happen. It has to happen, and, I, and I'll explain why in just a moment, but the link is in the QR code, and we're going to walk through this together, and it's just going to be part of our DNA, because we've got to be a mature church, guys. And a mature church is individuals, temples of the Holy Ghost that are here this morning. It's not this hot building. Thank God. It is you, temples of the Holy Spirit, that are sitting here in this room today. And I'm challenging you. I, I, I believe God is challenging us to step up in, in terms of maturity. All right. Let's look at relationships in this new family of Jesus. You've seen this before if you've been here a while, but here we go. On the left side is brokenness, guys, where we come from. Before you ever come to faith, before Jesus comes into the picture, before there's a work of the Holy Spirit within you, that we come to the table many times into our friendships like this. And if we haven't dealt with these things, then we could be around a church for 30, 40 years or more and this is still the way. I'm going to share this with you later online if you're following Access but you see we get defensive. You get defensive. You don't even know if I said something and you get defensive. Walls go up. (laughs) It's pitiful. It's terrible, guys. We can do better. But you don't know if someone said that or not. But these are the patterns that continue. You're all defensive and you're low in self awareness. Emotional intelligence could be another way of saying it. You're you're just not aware of yourself, that you walk around and you're easily offended. You think one thing and it's not even happening. You're mad, and your blood pressure is up, and nothing happened. You're isolated. You see, my worst decisions and yours, you made them by yourself. You made them in a vacuum. If you're science people, you made it in a vacuum. You made it all by yourself. Your favorite thing to do is is you get offended, and then you, you withdraw from everybody else. You're not going to a small group. You're not fighting the traffic. It has nothing to do with the traffic or the rain or your job or anything else. You just want to be isolated. So you can stub up and get mad and, I, and, and withdraw from everybody else because you just need Jesus and you don't need the church. That's false thinking. That's not the church. That's not the kingdom. Quick to blame. You're always blaming somebody else. Your emotions lead you. You're reactive. Don't poke the bear. You know who you are. You know who you are. Some of you have reputations. Don't upset so-and-so. I'm not going to name names. Aren't you glad? But you know that you have a short fuse. That you're quick to go off. Your kids know it. Your husband or wife knows it. The people, your friends and your neighbors know it. They don't want to tell you they, they broke your window. They want to tell you that you're fearful. You're fearful you're not going to make it. Fearful you're not going to be successful. We've got a whole generation, guys. All you've heard. All that's been advertised to you is how special you are and how good you are and how you don't have to uh, necessarily work so hard. You just get enough followers and it's all going to be good. And we get a whole generation that's seeking fortune and fame. It might be that those kind of ideas, just need to be surrendered. Jesus said, come follow me, deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. When was the last time you heard that? Last week, maybe. Last week. Exactly. Addicted. We have addictions that you live with the addiction. And it's the same thing. And you hear the right song. You, you, something triggers you. you, you and, and you, you want to be forgiven. But you don't actually do anything about the addiction. Anger. Substance. Sexual morality. Sometimes you got to cut your team, guys. Dishonesty. Some people can't tell the truth, guys. You pressure them and they'll start lying. They don't tell the truth. They don't know the truth. That's what it looks like to be broken. But then Jesus... And the power of the cross and his shed blood brings us this, that we don't have to be defensive anymore, but we can be approachable. I can now be self-aware. Oh, my goodness, I don't want to offend anyone, anybody. You don't want to offend anybody. You find out that you've offended someone, and the first place you look is you. You take responsibility. My goodness, Every, so often in the world we live in, 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 in culture... Guatemalan and the United States, it is, we're not approachable. Because you're always looking to blame somebody else. When was the last time you took responsibility yourself? We can do that because we're still teachable. We're not isolated, we're connected. You're part of a small group. Some of you actually message me sometimes or call me and say, what do you see in my life, pastor, what do you see speak into my life? That's a great sign of maturity and someone getting a grasp on this. And others of you, I mean, and I don't give, I, I, I don't advise you unless you ask me. Because you don't want to, I assume you don't want to hear from me. But if you'd like to hear from me, message me. Use that number. You're quick to take responsibility. You're not reactive Some of you, I know I can't push your button because the first thing you think is, oh my goodness, what, please help me see, because it's like driving and there's a blind spot in your mirror and you missed it and you ran over something and you want to know about it. But that's, that's where there is spiritual maturity and there's emotional maturity together. That's what it would look like. You're self-giving, you're free, you're honest. I mean, that, we can be emotionally mature and in a place where there's, that leads us to be spiritually mature, but do not leave here today and be deceived into thinking that you are spiritually mature just because you've logged 40 years in the faith. Please, please, saint of God, evaluate by the book Walk through, join the study, join a, a small group. Don't repeat these patterns. Don't be led by, the, by your emotions more than the Holy Spirit. All right, that's my introduction. Sometimes you got to cut your team, guys. It's what we do in fantasy football. That's what we do in life. Is it easy to make some cuts? No, it isn't. Because sometimes you make the cut and the hope is, my goodness, what if I cut them, but they actually get better later, I might lose out and there might be some hope here. But see, some of you single people, hear me for a moment, you are walking in a relationship and you know that it looks like this, it's broken. And you, you take those five bullet points and you think, they don't believe the same as me. They don't think the same as me. They don't don't love Jesus like I do. And you need to cut that relationship. You are not going to improve that. Rules have been broken. Uh, Guidelines and boundaries have been broken. It is not going to get better God has great plans and purpose for you and you're not achieving God's best for your life because you're too afraid to make the cut. You've got to make the cut. You know that not everyone who says they love you actually loves you? I, people tell me all the time, I, I love you. Show me. Show some love. You see, even Judas was in the inner circle, guys. He had to be telling the brothers, I I love you. Had to be telling Jesus, I love you. But push, come to shove. See, behind the back of Jesus, he's having some conversations. And Jesus knows he lets it go. It's part of the plan. Somebody's got to be the one the son of perdition, but how many of you today might be true that you say you love people and the fact of the matter is you are talking about them behind their back this very day? It happens. It happens to me. It happens to you. And it might be that you need to make some cuts on your team. Becoming the best version of yourself will come with a lot of goodbyes. You're going to have to say bye. You're going to have to make the cut. I shared with you recently about friends. Let me share with you an image about time spent with friends. And thank you for leaving this up so long. Time spent with friends, this is from a survey. Messages will get this to you. But I shared this in August. But it shows by age and I'm in this age category now. I'm getting dangerously close to 60. And it's, I got about an hour, guys. I got about an hour for friendships and new friendships. And I'm not talking work or church. I'm just say- saying time to hang out and play around to golf or anything like that. It's pretty limited. But back when I was younger, you see from like 15, 16, 18, in that range. That there's a lot more time with friends. Because, and you look back at that, and see, I had time, um, I have limited time now, and I'm going to show you another slide in a moment. But that first part, that young part, that teenagers, I've raised three teenagers to adults. I've got three more in the house right now, and they're falling into that range right there. Which means, in fantasy football terms, I manage their time. I manage everything. And if I see their time isn't being used well, then it's my opportunity to step in. Because all those electronic devices they have, I bought those. That Wi Fi they're using, I pay for that. See, it's a privilege in my house to have anything like that, it's a privilege to play sports. It's a privilege what your education option is. And, and, and I see that in this timeline, if you're not willing to, to walk in the right path and in a pathway that leads you to a relationship with Jesus Christ, then it's, a, it's my responsibility as a parent, as a father, to step into your space. I'm saying that because there might be some parents here today that you need to step into the time and space of your own kids. It means that you won't get to be their BFF. It means that you it may not go well. They might call you a name or two. And I'm talking to you from experience. I, I shared with you just recently uh, the testimony of my son who's now 22. He shares what life was I'll share that link as well. But he came from zone 18 of this city, went through uh, time with us and then separation from our family, a very painful and difficult adoption, but it ended up in, in, a, in terms of a miracle that he became part of our family, but it, it, it caused some difficult um, upbringing for him. And it became my number three child, and it was the most difficult parenting experience of Paula in my life. Because all of a sudden, we had to get involved, deeply involved. And his choices, he'll share now, of freedom from pornography. That's a struggle. That's an addiction. That it could be affecting someone in this room. I invite you to watch his testimony but I can tell you when he was a teenager, I had to make some very hard decisions. Tough love expressed. All of a sudden, you want to play basketball? Fantastic. I'm going to, I'm going to drive the bus for the whole team because we're going to go to basketball together. I'm glad for you to play. But we did, it became where we did everything together. That device that you received as a gift, that's now mine. Thank you very much. I needed a new one. He's cut off because he can't manage his time well. And I've got a limited opportunity here to show some tough love and point him toward Jesus Christ. The time is critical. The statistics are common in the church Young adults, teenagers growing up their own way, unsupervised, stubborn, and they leave the faith. Many statistics like that. This is your opportunity, time manager, team manager, to look into the time and space of your own children and get it deeply involved. What we ended up doing is, you know what? You're not even going to the Christian school. Because somewhere in here, you're getting some bad influence somewhere, you're going to do school with me and your mom. He ended up graduating a year early from university. And you'll hear by his testimony, his life changed and turned around. Did I do all that? No, no. But my responsibility as a parent, when I recognize that my child is unequally yoked, is to get involved in their life. And there's some parents here this morning. I invite you, evaluate the life of your children and be willing to get involved. You're the boss. (laughs) You're calling the shots. You're the time manager. If your kids are younger than that, praise God and prepare now. But be a time manager. Check out that link later. You see, my son was in a season where things had to change. He wasn't capable of making good decisions on his own, and so um, we had to make some decisions together, and we had to spend more time together. And he ended up going on some trips with me that he hated. He hated it. But we made the best of it. He never missed a meal, and we conversed together, and he witnessed other people. And long story, long season, we get to a new season and by the glory of God and by the the, the power of the cross, he's walking in freedom. And that's not exclusive. That's available to everyone here today. Let me give you another image. Time with spouse because before anyone is your spouse, they're also your friend. And so as you age, your main friend is your spouse. That's the way it is right now in my house. We're bearing down hard on 60. You're with me, you're with me. (laughs) We're bearing down, bearing down hard on 60. We spend time together. We sleep together, We, we, we should and we are. And it is, but that time plus other time and we spend the most time together. That's the way it's gonna be for married couples. I hope that you became really good friends before you entered that stage of 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s because that is what you're going to walk with. And it could be if you did not follow uh, God's direction for your life that you find yourself today unequally yoked. But you made a commitment before God, before family and before your friends that you were going to work things out. And the church's responsibility and my responsibility is to help you work it out. And if you've been unequally yoked, then we're going to get you pulling together. And is that fun? No. Maybe not. All of life isn't fun, but a lot of life is what it is because of what you've made it. You've been the one. You've been part of the problem. You're the weaker link. That's the way it is. What I would love for you to do, single people, many gathered on the rooftop last night. You see, you've got, you've got options about where you're spending your time. I know. Time is limited. But you have the opportunity to place yourself in environments that will align you with a man or woman of God who is truly following, following after Jesus with all their heart. But you will not find that person if you are aligning yourself and compromising your life and going to places where they're ungodly and being outnumbered and and being unequally yoked and you know you don't do well in that. And you're aligning yourself with a miserable life down the road. Look at co-workers for a moment. I am going to wrap this up. Co-workers. I spend a lot of time with coworkers. Co-workers. And I get to choose now. It hasn't always been that way, but I get to choose the team. I get to choose who's on the team. And so I'm spending a lot of time in, in this working years working with coworkers. You see, many of you have the same opportunity. You're spending a lot of time with people that you work with and with your spouse. And if you have some control over that and evaluating that and asking, you know, are, are we in alignment? Are we equally yoked? Do they believe the same things? And if not, what can I do about it? Because it affects my walk with God. It affects your walk with God. To become your best, you're gonna have some goodbyes and your goodbyes could be from a workplace. Your goodbyes could be from a business that's gonna close because it's gotten, it's gotten out of control and you gotta bring it back in order and start over again. Or you've got to make some cuts and hire some new people because your environment is bad. And maybe you've got a person in your environment that is a terrible witness. They do not align with you, but you allow them to stay because of their incredible skills. And it could be that you, for the sake of your walk with God and your family and your legacy, you might need to make a cut. I enjoy who I work with. We edify one another. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another, build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. That's what I feel like the environment is I have. I'm not needing to make any changes because the people that are on the team are awesome people. We're not unequally yoked. Chapter 16 of Romans, I'll close with this. Bring me a little piano. Romans 16. Paul lays out the Christian statement of faith in writing the letter to the Romans. It's everything. It it is theology. It is philosophy. It It is order. It is everything. He writes this beautiful, incredible letter. He gets to chapter 16. And he thinks... Every person that's been on his team. Do we happen to have that? Romans 16. See, Paul's been planting churches. He's been uh, bringing people to faith. He's been walking uh, along. He's been empowering people. He's been unleashing people for ministry, growing the kingdom, building up the kingdom of God. And he lists all these people. In Romans 16, it's a, it's a beautiful way that he wraps this up, his personal greetings. He's, he's like, don't forget these people. In verse 1 of chapter 16, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also, verse 5, the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend, Epinetus, Epon- who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. And he goes on, he lists over 30 people, most by name. And he lists those that were on his team, the team that he built. And in a day where there is no technology, he sets things up. He gathers uh, personally or in the house. He sets things up. He sets you up for success. He moves on and he goes on to the next place. And he leaves people in place that are going to be disciple makers and going to build up the kingdom. And he doesn't forget, as he writes and expresses faith and lays it out for the church, he remembers every person on the team. Let me ask you today, if you had a Romans 16 list, what names would be on it? Who has played a critical role in your salvation, supported your calling or ministry, whose list would your name be on? It's a great question to ask because it could be, and wrapping all this up, you sit here today and you think and realize, you know what, I have been led by my emotions too much. And it tends to override the Holy Spirit. And I've not been a very good friend I've not been a very good team player. I quit easily, I get angered easily, I'm insecure, I can't lift up others because I'm so afraid myself. And you look at and consider, you know, you're in a business or you're in a relationship, you're not married yet, and you have the opportunity to stop things and end things and bring things to a conclusion, to say a goodbye and you sit here and you're afraid you're afraid of being alone you're afraid that God might forget about you and not bring that person, that next person you want to be married, you see your vision for your life, you see yourself as married and with children and, and it puts you to a place that you've got to surrender who you are and where you are and trusting that God is more than able To align you and align your life and and create an environment where you are equally yoked. Where a husband and wife come together and they love Jesus with all their heart. And they lead a family the same way. And they guide their children and they impact their employees and they impact their neighbors. Because they simply love Jesus. That's what it is to be equally yoked in the spirit, in the faith. And you sit here today and that's not your case you're single perhaps God calling you today to end that relationship and say goodbye there'll be others of you here that you're you know business is good but you look around your business and you realize you're unequally yoked you got people there that are a bad environment and you've shared faith with them and they're not interested but they af- negatively affect your environment they tempt you to do the wrong thing they're bad for your your walk with God you're unequally yoked some of you you're walking in faith but your friendships are such that you are unequally yoked today this weekend Friday Saturday before you came here you were unequally yoked all weekend and and you did some things you're not proud of and it continues the same pattern in and a, and a holy and loving God who is full of grace and mercy sends a messenger to say you need to make some changes in your life you need to set you need to set some things free you need to say some goodbyes got some married people probably too that you know you're unequally yoked you got one partner that one spouse that wants the marriage to work and another that doesn't and you're unequally yoked in that, I'm reminding you today of your covenant. I'm reminding you today that you stood before God and before friends and you made a promise and I'm, I'm calling you to your knees. Do not be unequally yoked. Your family legacy, your children, the story that you will tell decades from now, God, help us in this room today. God, we evaluate our lives in light of your word. Are we unequally yoked? What changes need to be and need to happen? I pray you speak to single folks today and give them some courage. I pray you speak to business owners today and give them some direction pray you speak to married couples today and you bring about a spirit of unity and a heartfelt, felt desire to follow Jesus with all that they have. There's some students here today. Maybe mom and dad don't even know what they're up to. and You'd call them to repent. You'd call them to come clean. Parents here today they do know what's going on with their kids and you're calling them to get personally involved to set aside a habit to say some goodbye to some hobbies and invest fully their own life and their own time in the salvation and the legacy of their own children God these are serious things today and it's multifaceted and I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that by your power and authority that the blood of Jesus would cover this room today cover every stain every sin every wrinkle every unholy blemish today the blood of Jesus there's power in your name Lord there's, we're not just singing about a miracle in the room I know that you're here and I know that you're working miracles in this room And I pray in Jesus' name as we would sing that you'll have your way. Holy Spirit, you would move in this place and give an absolute freedom for your name and your glory.